The following is a message from Parkview Church in Iowa City, Iowa. More information about Parkview is available at www.parkviewchurch.org. So good to be back here. I mean, I mean, how can you not love Iowa? Amen? I mean, yeah, you can cheer for I mean, Texans talk about Texas all the time, so we can talk about Iowa for a little bit. Um, uh, uh, my name's Andy. Uh, uh, I know there's a lot of people here that may not know us because uh, it's been five years since we've been here. And, uh, but this, like, uh, this, is our, this is our family right here. Um, and it feels like family, and the weather smells like family, um, you know, so great to just be in Iowa, and, and really to be with you all. Um, I, we love this church, um, and I'd, I'd still call it home, uh, because you all, we were here for 12 years, and um, got to do the 24-7, and, and some stuff with the nations, and and, uh, and many of you have made that um, possible. So I just want to say thanks um, for being here. So many memories that uh, uh, I have that I could share. You know, um, I just think about, um, you know, like I, I learned to pray right over there in that chair closet with Jesse. And if you're like, if you knew Jesse, you're like, well, that makes total sense. And some of you are like, why would you pray in the closet with the lights off? That's what I was wondering the first time we went in there. And, uh, and some of you are like, what is going on right now? That's okay. Um, and uh, I mean, Jeff is like a... I, I just told him at the end of the last service, he's like a, he's like a dad to me, you know? And uh, Doug is uh, one of my greatest mentors ever. And so many of you partner with us and make it possible. I'll show you here in a second what, what um, God's done over the last five years. Um, but we're just so thankful for you. Um, and uh, I think about, you know, I, I get an opportunity to speak every now and then. And um, I get to tell them there are hundreds of people praying for you right now. And most of them are from Iowa. And um, that's because many of you have joined us in prayer. And um, if, you're, if you um, aren't on that team, we're, um, uh, I felt like about a, a month ago or so, I was reading the Bible and just convicted that we can never pray enough. Amen? Um, and and um, so I, I like to go back and forth. So you can say amen. And I don't know if Doug and Jeff do that, but you can have a little fun with me. Um, and uh, and um, that way I know you're awake. And, and, um, but if you want to pray with us, uh, I, I, we got about 500 prayer partners. And I really felt like um, we were supposed to get 500 more. And uh, I think the desire was right. The timing was off. Because I asked the Lord, like, Lord, give me 500. And then I was like, um, I think we're going to, by faith, see 500 more people join our prayer team in a month. So I was trusting God and sending out emails and trying to do, you know, grab five of your friends, and I got 30. See how much faith I have? Isn't it great? Um, but it's not always about the result, amen? It's not always about the result. It's about the faith that God calls us to have and to trust him for, to put ourselves out there and then leave the results to him. And so, anyways, if you want to help us get a little closer to a 1,000, um, I'll just leave this up front. You can sign your name up here, and, and we'd love to have you. They're really short, like um, not long ones, because uh, nobody reads long emails, at least I don't. And, um, and uh, you, you get them every once in a while, and, and so you can j- jump in with us. But um, let me introduce um, my family. Oops, we got to go way to the front here. Sorry. Um, hey, guys, it's not going to be all neat and clean this morning. If you're expecting a polished message, you came to the wrong place. Um, cause it's family, right? So if your slide shows up on the next to last one, you just call it out and don't try to cover it. Is that, is that okay? Is that, can we just be family instead of like putting on the lobby face, acting like our lives are all together when they're really not. And we just got done yelling at our kids. And then as soon as we open the door, we put on the smile. 
Happy to be here. How are you, brother? I'm fine too. Thanks. Goodbye. Yep. I mean, that's not, that's not us. Amen. Our slides are always backwards. We put our foot in our mouths. We forget people's names, even though we should know them. And even though they've used our names the last three Sundays, we, don't, we still don't know who they are, right? <laughs> I, maybe that only happens to me. I'm sure that doesn't happen to you all. Um, and, and so I just say, man, can we, can, let's just, at least this morning, let's just, and, 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 and this is really Doug's heart, Jeff's heart, the elder's heart of this church is that it wouldn't be just a smiley place, amen? That it would be a family. And Jesus, when he, in Matthew 12, his mom and brothers come to the back of the room. You might remember this story. It's a packed room, and everybody thought that Jesus was going to part the ways and give them the seats of honor right up front. And Jesus didn't do that. He says this crazy question. He says, who is my mother and brother and father and sister? And he points to his disciples And he says, it's him who obeys the word of God. He redefines family. See, this whole family analogy, it's not just some BS line that I'm saying to make us all feel comfortable. It's in the Bible. It's in the Bible, friends, and it means that, that for, especially for, for those of you that didn't grow up with a great family, this is really good news because it means that the, the people who are following Jesus, that have put their faith and trust in Jesus and his life, death, and resurrection in this room are more family than your blood family, amen? That's real. And that's why I can come back into, to, 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 to be with you all, to be with this church and feel like this is my family because it is. And, and that's what God, how God wants us to interact with each other. So this morning, um, I'll, I'll show you a picture of the fam real quick, and then we'll get started. We're just going to go um, overview of today real quick. Um, uh, this morning, we're going to do a lot of, of Bible, a lot of, you know, if, if you're a, a, a grad student, you like me to use bigger words. Sorry, I have like two because um, I grew up in small town Iowa. Anybody from small town Iowa? That's what I'm saying. That's why I feel home here. I grew up in a town of 86 people. Okay, there's more people in this section right here than I grew up with, okay? And that was after we moved to town when I was 10. We're like, we're, we're big time now, moving to Kessley, 86. And then I got to Ames, and I was like, oh, my word. You know, I couldn't believe it. Traffic lights and indoor bathrooms and the whole bit, you know? It was unbelievable. Now I live in the big city of Austin, and you know, um, and so anyways, here's the crew. Uh, My wife married, she's from Cedar Falls, um, uh, 14 years, glorious, Um, what a woman of God. Uh, uh, She has blessed my life, and and so then God gave us twins, you guys, all all these major things, the reason, part of the reason I feel like this is such a family is because all these major things in our lives happen here. Jamie and I, two years into being here, um, got married, um, and, then, and then a few years later, um, our first son was um, uh, uh, born and died. You guys walked through that tragedy. Many of you are here the Father's Day where I got to hold up. Look at those. There's no way I could even hold, hold them like that, but held Josiah and Abigail up here like this on Father's Day, and you rejoiced with us as God gave us twins um, that are 10 now, and then Anna's seven. She's our little hippie even before we moved to Austin, and then Jamie is our youngest, and, um, and he is a tank. We call him Bubba um, because he weighs as much as his seven-year-old sister, right? So they're, they're both right at 60 pounds, and they're a blast. Um, and so bless my wife and kids until I get back tomorrow. Pray she survives and, and doesn't go to the ER, right? 
So uh, that's the family. Uh, here's my other family. And the reason I brought up that Matthew 12 piece was for us, but then also because I want to tell you a little bit about what we get to do and what really you, Parkview Church, have empowered us to do in the last five years. These, these five pictures represent the five groups of people that we've invested our lives in. These folks have become our families away from this family here. And you have helped these five groups of people, there's 10 or 12 in each year, go to the nations. Um, uh, and so all 10 or 12 of these folks, um, they are saying, hey, in the next one or two years, I see myself um, uh, among the nations, among those who have never heard the good news of Jesus, and I want to um, make disciples there. I want to raise up people that have never heard about Jesus, help them follow Jesus, and then help them turn and help other people follow Jesus, otherwise known as church planning, Right? If you don't know how to make a disciple, you can't very well plan a church. Amen? Disciples, uh, churches are made of disciples. And so we, with these folks, we model for them, not in a classroom setting, but we go out in the neighborhood, start conversations with lost people, show them what it's like to do that, um, and, and model it for them. The verse that we base a lot of uh, our training off of is Mark 3.14. So Jesus said, he, uh, it says that Jesus chose 12 um, apostles that they might be with them, and then send them out to preach. See, sometimes we, we want to get people sent, but, but we've never modeled for them what they're supposed to do, right? Like if I, and don't raise your hand, okay? Don't raise your hand. You hear me say that? Because one, one or two of you is going to be like, um, but sometimes, even though we've been in the church world for a long, long time, it feels like we're supposed to know how to make disciples, how to start conversations with lost people, how to interact, and, and, but we're really not sure. And so we busy ourselves with all this church stuff and then talk like we know what we're talking about. Anybody relate? Don't raise your hand. <laughs> right? And so for most of us, what we need is we just need a model. We need to be shown how to do it right? In, in most professions, that's how they do it, right? You watch somebody do it, and then you, you I mean, how would you feel if the do, you came to the operation table, and, and the guy said, well, this is my first one, and I said, well, where'd you study? He said, well, I didn't. I just, I, I felt like being a doctor, so I became one. Uh, you know, brother, I'm, 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 I think I'm feeling good, you know, back away from the table, because we're made to, to watch people do things. And so I would encourage you this morning as we talk about why have you been given the gospel? And I know not everybody in here is probably following Jesus, but many are. And, and the question we want to ask, why have you been given the gospel? And I'll tell you the end already. It's so that you could give it to other people. And, it, and it's not about giftedness or it's not about, um, uh, it doesn't have to be loud and like me. Because you know how effective I am with introverts? The introverts are like, not very, right? Of course I'm not. They don't want spit in their face and long arms. They want to hear the gospel from other introverts, amen? They want to have people that know how to listen, not how to talk. And so this morning, no matter how you're gifted or wired, no matter what race or gender you are, God has given you the gospel so that it could be given to other people. The gospel was never meant to terminate on you. And that's the thing that we're teaching those groups of people as they get ready to go to the nations, that the gospel wasn't meant to terminate on them. 
And the gospel wasn't meant to terminate on you. No matter what you do, whether you're a PhD or graduate student, whether you're sweeping floors at a school or a teacher, or you're working for Rockwell Collins up in Cedar Rapids, no matter what you do, God wants to give you the gospel so you can give it to other people. And not just the people around you, by the way, but all the nations as we're going to see. From Genesis to Revelation, God's heart is clear that all the peoples of the earth are going to hear about him. That's what he calls us all to be a part of. Now, you may not ever leave Iowa City. You might not ever go to Istanbul or India, but God wants you to be a part. And so today what we're going to do, this morning we're going to do a lot of Bible, so that's the theology piece. See, I'll pick up the thought eventually. You're like, didn't you start that sentence earlier? Yes, I did. Thank you for reminding me. And tonight we're going to do the footology. All right? You're like, what's footology? Footology is how you play out your theology. Amen? Real practically speaking, it's what do you do in light of these gospel truths? One of the things we were praying for you this morning is that you would receive a word from God and then that your life, you would worship God differently because of the word that you received from him. And the great thing about God is none of us has arrived, amen? No matter how much you share the gospel or how much you pray or how much money you give or, or, or how much you spend time with Jesus or not, there's always more that God has, Amen? And I think one of the things that he's calling our church to this morning is that we would ask and beg for more. He's got more for us, amen? He has got more for us. Let's not be satisfied with where we're at because he has more for us. So real quick, I'll share this um, just because you all have been a part of it. Um, you put that uh, picture back up there of the five groups of people, and, and there are um, multiple groups in the church that I'm a part of. Um, I get to do what I get to do inside the context, not with the local church, but as the local church, um, and, that's a, and we can talk about that later, um, but, but through you guys and your prayers, your partnership, 132 people have been sent to the nation's to the unreached nations, to proclaim the good news of Jesus in the Middle East, in India, in China, in Indonesia, in Thailand, all over the world, because you have partnered with us. Thank you very much, Parkview Church. 132 people have been sent out. And then not just from Austin, but it's multiplied into all those other cities. We've got partnerships with churches in, in eight other cities, and then two internationally, Bangkok and in Jordan. And we're partnering with the church to help mobilize the church to the nations because it's going to take all of the church to reach all the world. Amen? It's going to take all of the church to all of the world. And so as we're mobilizing more and more people, one of the things we're doing is saying, hey, maybe you won't go as the Paul. Maybe you'll actually go as the Barnabas. And I don't know how your, your Bible is in, in the book of Acts, but Barnabas was the guy that helped find Paul and coach Paul up and show him how to do it. And then he handed the reins to Paul, and Paul far exceeded anything he could have done, not to mention right half the New Testament, amen? And so as we send people out, less and less are, and there's still a few that we're going to send out like that, to be the Paul, to be the guy, but our real desire is to say, where is God already working in the world, even among these unreached peoples, even if the church is small, a part of our strategy is going to be, how can we come alongside what God's already doing and empower them? And so um, that's what you've been a part of. So what we're going to do this morning, uh, we'll skip that one. There we go. Blessed to be a blessing. Here's what you may be wondering. 14 and a half years ago, there it is. Um, how in the world did that happen? I mean, talk about a, a good pitch that I must have gave, right, to score that wife. 
I don't know. I mean, I really tricked her. <laughs> no, not really. Um, maybe kind of. But um, uh, for, that's, one of my, that's my, probably my favorite picture in the whole world, right? And she's looking at me like that because she doesn't know me. And, um, <laughs> and, uh, and, and you know, but, but, but you wonder sometimes, how did I receive this incredible woman? Why? And, and the reason that it relates to what we have today is because we have been entrusted with the gospel, amen? And sometimes you might be asking yourself, why was I given the gospel? Why was I given the good news of Jesus? Friends, it wasn't to terminate on you. It wasn't so that the gospel message, that good news, that joy, that peace, that patience, kindness, all that, was, it wasn't given so that it could stop with you. It was given to you so that you could give it to somebody else. Amen? That's the number one reason it was given to you. That's God's purpose in blessing you is so that you would be a blessing. And so what we're going to do this morning is go from Genesis to Revelation and show God's heart hasn't just been for America and the Jews. It's not that he doesn't love America and the Jews, but that from the very beginning, he actually loved the entire and loves the entire world. And that he is inviting us this morning to be a part of what he's doing across the globe. He's inviting us. That's why we've been blessed. So, starts in Genesis. We're going to do an overview of the Bible. Okay, just look at this huge, beautiful story. We're going to try to make it to Genesis, uh, or to, to Revelation, and, and see it. It'll be a miracle if we can get there on time, okay? So, um, and I don't know when I'm supposed to, somebody in the back, can you just wave when I'm supposed to about land the plane, like when it's five minutes? That'd be good, because um, I know I got to go down to the spot and, and preach down there, so somebody can wave, and I'll just keep preaching until then. Does that sound okay? Okay, you're like, I think so, but I'm not really sure. Usually they don't ask us questions, right? I just come and, no, I'm just kidding. Um, it's okay. So Genesis 1, let's look at God's heart for the world. Genesis chapter 1, it starts from the very beginning. God creates Adam and Eve, and he says to them, be fruitful and multiply. It's the one command that the whole world has, has really obeyed. Because today, today, the earth's population is 7 billion, yada, 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 right? And, and we throw that number out, 7 billion, and it kind of comes in one ear and goes out the other, right? Um, but if you could count to, let's say you, could try, you wanted to try to count to 1 billion, and you could average one number per second and never take a break, it would take you 31 years to get to 1 billion. There are only a handful of people in this room that are over 2 billion seconds old. And there's 7 billion people on the planet. Huh? Not too shabby, right? Well, God's heart, obviously. God's heart clearly was to, to do more than just populate a rock. He wanted to create for himself worshipers. And, and yet sin entered the world. You guys know how the story goes. So much sin entered the world that he said, I, I need to wash this all away and start anew. So he took Adam, or um, he took Noah and his three sons and their wives, and he put them on a boat. You guys watched the movie a few years ago. You know how the thing goes, right? Just kidding. And, and uh, like, serious or not serious? Um, and, uh, and, and when Noah and his family gets off the boat, the first thing that God says to them, the first thing is they're walking down the, the plank, onto dry land, is be fruitful and multiply, fill the earth. 
See, God's heart didn't change. He still wanted the earth to be filled with worshipers of himself. And you guys know what happens. And by, by chapter 11, 12, where the whole earth is speaking one language. Of course, we know that was English, right? And, and, and had a common speech. Just kidding. Just kidding. Um, uh, the whole earth had one language and a common speech. As men moved eastward, they found a plain in Shinar and they settled there. That's the Tower of Babel is what we're talking. And they said, come, let us build ourselves a city that reaches to the heavens so that we may not be scattered all over the face of the earth. And God says, no, that's not my plan. So God comes and, and says, let us go down and confuse their language so they will not understand each other. And so the Lord scattered them from there all over the face of the earth. So now God, again, is, is continuing to work to fill the earth with worshipers. But the question is, how is he going to get the message about himself to the world? How is he going to do that? He could have like wrote it in the sky every morning. The sun could have sang. But instead, he chooses for himself a family, a people a barren woman and her husband to bless all the nations of the earth. I don't know if you've caught on as you've read the scriptures, but God loves to use people that would never make America's Got Talent. Amen? That's who God loves to use. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to make many great nations through who? The guy that has lots of kids and grandkids already? No. Through the woman who's been through menopause twice. Sorry if that was too much for you this morning. But that was the reality, right? Sarah, way past the years, right? Abraham, way past the years of, of birthing a child. And yet God says, you are perfect. Oh, and by the way, did Abraham come from a believing family? No, he didn't. His father was an unbeliever. Hello, first generation believers in the house. God wants to do something powerful through you. And your messed up life, your messed up path, past makes you perfect for the task. Amen? Did you hear that, church? That if you've done some messed up things in your past, welcome to the family. Abraham had 90 years of messes in his life before God landed his commission on him. And maybe you've heard it before and maybe you haven't, but God is giving his commission to you this morning what he wants you to do with this glorious good news. And so he says to Abraham, he says, I'm going to bless you. The Lord said to Abram, leave your country, your people, your father's household, and go to the land I will show you, and I will bless you and make your name great. Now, for most of us, when we read that in our Bibles, we're like, highlighter, right? In Java house with our pumpkin spice latte and, and getting our Lord and latte time on, right? And, and, and we highlight the verse. We tweet it out, Instagram it out, or Snapchat. I don't know all the things, but you know, you do what you do on your social media. And, and we love when it says, I will bless you and make your name great. Thank you, God. May I have another please. And it's not wrong to be blessed, is it, church? Despite what some people think, it's not wrong to be blessed. But there's a definite purpose, amen? There's a purpose. It's clear in the verse. Look at the verse. It says, so that, next slide, so that all the peoples on the earth will be blessed through you. So you're not just given the gospel to bless your neighbors and coworkers. God actually, through you, wants to bless all the peoples of the earth. You're like, but excuse me, Andy, that verse was for Abram. Thank you very much. I'm dismissed. No, actually you're not. Because if you go and this afternoon read in your Bibles, Galatians chapter 3, those of us who are of faith, which is the majority in the room, 
those of us who are of faith are sons and daughters of Abraham, and the promise that was to Abraham is also to us as his children through Jesus. Amen? This is the first time we see the Great Commission in the Bible, friends. Genesis 12, 1 through 3. And we'll include the obedience verse of verse 4. But this is the first time we see it, what God wants us to do with what we've been given. It came to us, friends. Not so that we could shut our mouths and make excuses why not to tell people, but to use us. The number one reason you have the job you have or you're in the classes you are in is so that you could tell other people the good news. It's great if you bring them here on a Sunday morning, but that's not God's primary means to draw them into the kingdom. You are. Introvert to introvert, extrovert to extrovert. Sometimes God does the crossover, but not very often because they just can't handle us right? Because we talk too much. That's what we do, extroverts. Amen? Now, that should have been the loudest amen. Maybe we've got a room full of introverts here. It's all right. So God chooses for himself a people, and that's what Psalm 67 says. Let's, let's look at that text real quick. Same thing in Psalm 67. There's so many verses we could go over. It's so hard to choose which ones. But just look at, as we look at Psalm 67, as you look at it in your own Bible, Think, look at how God blesses us. That happens five times in this text. And, and 11 times, 11 different times, God talks about his purpose in blessing us. He wants to bless us so that we would be a blessing. May God be gracious to us, Psalm 67. May God be gracious to us and bless us and make his face to shine upon us. Verse 2, that, that's a key word. Why did he bless us that, just like the so that in, in Genesis 12, 1 through 3, so that your way may be known on the earth, your saving power among all nations, not just some nations, not just two nations, but all nations. Let the peoples praise you, O God. Let all the peoples praise you. Let the nations be glad and sing for joy. Friends, it's for their joy that we tell them about Jesus. And they want joy. Every country I've been to in the world, right? The crazy Muslim ones that you see on the news, I've been there and people want to talk to and know about Jesus. And the only reason that more of them haven't responded to Jesus is because there aren't people there to tell them. And the reason there aren't people there to tell them is because there's been not enough prayer. That's what Jesus said. Luke 10, 2, Matthew 9, 37. The harvest is plentiful. It's never a harvest issue, friends. It's not a harvest issue in Iowa City. It's not a harvest issue in Pakistan. The harvest is plentiful, Jesus said, but the laborers, they are few. Therefore, what? Therefore, pray earnestly to the Lord of the harvest to raise up laborers for his harvest fields. They're his fields, amen? And so if his people would cry out to him, he would raise up from us more and more labors, not to mention the labors he would raise up from Pakistan. You know there's a Pakistani church? It's not big, but it's there. And we need to pray that it multiplies. One of the greatest things that you could potentially do, and again, this gets into the footology stuff that we'll talk about tonight, but is start prayer groups, prayer movement. Start by praying yourself with your Bible study, missional community, small group, growth group. I don't know what we call them now, but you know what I'm talking about. Your roommates. Start praying for the nations. 
pick a country, go to joshuaproject.net, learn about the country, pray into it, and then forever and ever and ever and ever and ever around the throne, enjoy the fact that there will be people there because you prayed. You know that's what's going to happen, right? I'm jumping to the end before we even get through the middle. But that's what's going to happen. And God wants to use you, your roommates, your family to do that. He wants to use us, friends. Not just a little bit, but, but, but with all of our lives. And so five different times we see in Psalm 67 that, that, that we are to be blessed, to be a blessing. How many people grew up in church? How many people grew up in... So about half. You guys know the doxology. You guys probably sing it here sometimes. Let's sing the first two lines. Ready? Praise God from whom all blessings flow. Praise Him, all creatures here below. Now stop. I grew up singing that song every Sunday. That's when we knew it was lunchtime, right? <laughs> Hallelujah. Can I get an amen, right? <laughs> but think about what we just sang. We just sang Genesis 12 and Psalm 67. Praise God from whom all blessings flow. Why do they flow? Why do all blessings flow? So that, praise him, all creatures here below. I mean, guys, I walked in like, I'm going to walk off the stage, I'm going to bump something, my wife's going to laugh, and said, you knocked over the, you know, I walked in blindness to what I was singing for 18 years until God awakened me about 13 years ago in the chapel and somebody did a similar message that I'm giving you now and awakened my heart to the reason that I and you have been given this glorious gospel. It's not so that it could end with me. It's so that the nations, that all creatures here below, would be glad and joyful. That's for every single one of us. That's not just for those great folks that were standing up here. That's for all of us, church. Amen? Every single person on the planet was created and invited to be a part of that joyful task. Whether you ever get up on a stage or not makes no difference to God. He wants to use you and your family and your roommates to see the gospel go forward to the people that have never heard. And there are people today in the world that have never heard of Jesus. And, and, and your life needs to go towards those folks. Whether you live, leave Iowa City or not doesn't really matter. That's why we've been blessed. But it's going to take obedience, amen? No matter whether you leave Iowa City or not. I'm not just talking about leaving Iowa City. You actually sent out this next couple. They're our good friends. They're in the Middle East now. Um, they started in Indonesia, Right? Um, and, and you sent them out, but know this, that obedience will require sacrifice. Obedience will require sacrifice. So this is one of my favorite verses, Genesis 12, verse 4. So Abram left, and he didn't have all the answers. He didn't know exactly where he was going. He didn't know exactly what he was going to do. He just knew he'd heard from God, and he had to start moving in a direction. You've heard it said before, but God can't move a parked car, amen? That baby's got to be rolling forward at least a little bit, right? Put the thing in drive. That's why it was given to you, amen? 
The gospel wasn't made to live in park. Never said that before. But it's true, amen? And when you put it in drive, there's going to be accidents. It's going to require sacrifice. Your life is going to have to change. You can't expect a different result in your joy in God and keep living the same way you have been living, church. It doesn't work like that. Unless you obey and sacrifice something, your joy will not increase or decrease. It will remain the same. It's ludicrous to think that something's going to change if you don't change. And God is calling you to it. And maybe the place you need to start is just saying, Lord, I don't even know what you want me to do, but I feel you calling me to worship you. I feel that you want to use me to reach the world. I don't have any idea what that looks like. Please show me. I'm sorry that I've lived so just in the first part of, um, let's, let's forward to this verse here. So much in the first part of Psalm, um, Psalm 46. You guys know this one? Some of you have little trinkets or bookmarks or pictures like this, and it's not bad or wrong. It's just that whenever they make things like this, they only put half the verse on there. Be still and know that I am God. That's awesome. God wants us to be still, to spend time with him, to meditate on his word, to meet with him. He desires that from us all the time, but there's a purpose in it. I mean, if you want to flip there in your own Bible, you can see it firsthand, but here's what it says. Be still and know that I am God, and I will be exalted among the nations. I will be exalted in all the earth. The purpose of you being still is so that you can be drawn again to God's bigger purpose that he wants to live through you. Not just through the folks up here, but through you, church, in your current vocation and location. Amen? Now, there are some of you, lest you think, oh, wow, because I thought I was supposed to maybe go. You are. Some of you, for sure. Some of you, when I talk about going to the nations, and I'm not talking just to the college students, Amen? You know how old Abraham was when he left? Remember, I, did I say it yet? Verse 4 says, And Abram left, and he was 75 years old. 75. And I know we got a handful of 75, you know, so we can have a discussion if it's possible for you. Just kidding, it's possible. I think one of the things that God wanted to communicate to us in that Abraham was 75 years old, and his wife was old and without child, they were without children, is that none of us is stuck, amen? doesn't matter if you're in grad school or have young children. Actually, they have young children in the world. Did you know that? They actually have babies overseas. I, I know it's wild to think about. And your children, they actually travel. None of us is stuck. No matter what your marital status is, no matter if you just bought your, your big house or you just got the big promotion, none of us is stuck. So I'll just make a little bit of a plea that some of you in this room are actually supposed to be those that go. Not because it makes you better than those of us that stay, amen? But we need more people to go. And we need more people to pray. And you'll find out all the things that we need more tonight if you want to come back, six to eight, right? So let's go back here to the story. Okay, we got Abraham. Um, uh, we got him, require, it's requiring him to do some sacrifice right? And, and um, let's, let's try to do this one quick. Uh, okay, let's do, is it okay that we're just kind of bopping around? You're like, is this guy very organized? It really doesn't matter. 
you know what? I've been praying, God, don't, don't give me a heart that feels like I need to impress my family because I'm not that impressive. I'm not. You come into my house, you'll learn real quick how not impressive I am. But what this morning is about is what God speaks into your heart through his word. That's what this morning is about. And will you receive that word from him and will your life change because of it? To organize, not organized, doesn't matter. Verse, this verse, that verse, at the end of the day, it's what God does in your life. And so it goes from Abraham, though, to Isaac. I'll find the verse here. Just give me a second. Uh, Abraham to Isaac. Here we go. Um, Abraham to Isaac. There we go. Thanks for giving me grace. You couldn't see me flipping through them all. From Abraham to Isaac. We'll try to get out of Genesis at least, right? I said we were going to Revelation. I will make your descendants as numerous as the stars in the sky and give them all these lands. And through your offspring, all the nations will be blessed. Same thing to Jacob. From, um, your descendants will be like the dust of the earth and you will spread out to the west, to the east, to the north, to the south. And through you and um, all the peoples of the earth, not just some, not just most, but all the peoples of the earth will be blessed through you and your offspring. Again, Galatians 3, guess who the offspring of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob are, church? Us. You know you're in the Bible? Right there, offspring. Pretty cool. Tweet that. Okay. Here, it's, it's all through the stories. Moses, um, uh, David, um, D D David and Goliath. Before David, it's, it's um, 1 Samuel, uh, I don't 17, four, for verse 43. Mark Mesnick will look it up and find the real verse it is, and he'll tell you what it is. But um, it's somewhere in there. But right before David takes down Goliath, you know what he says? In all these Bible stories, that if you grew up in the church, they have a global component. Right before David takes down Goliath, he says, today the world will know. There is a God in Israel. Solomon, all these people come from all the, the nations of the earth to hear about his wisdom, right? Sent by all the kings of the world. Look at the verse. Who had heard of his wisdom. What had to be one of their questions, right? Now this is extra biblical. But I guess one of their top five questions had to be, Solomon, how did you get so smart? Like that whole cut the baby in two thing, that was amazing, Right? It's okay if you don't know the story. Go and read it. It's awesome. And, and, and again, this is my guess. This is not in the Bible, okay? But my guess is that Solomon replied something like, the God who created the universe, the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, I asked him for this wisdom, and he gave it to me. You think those people would want to know more about this great God? They sure would. And God wants to do that through you all. When you walk through suffering or trial or when you do something fantastic, God wants to draw people to himself through those things. Okay, let's keep going here. There's the Psalms. Um, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, they came out of the fiery furnace. And then Nebuchadnezzar, the king of the time, said, Therefore I decree that people of any nation or language who say anything against the God of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego will be cut into pieces for no other God can save this way. Because God was getting a message about himself to the world, to the world. You look at um, the same thing, same area of the world, right, up there. Uh, and, and the king that took over after Nebuchadnezzar was a guy named Darius and Shadrach, Meshach, and a friend's um, friend named, that's a tongue twister, named uh, uh, Daniel, right, was thrown in the lion's den. You guys remember this? 
If you don't, it's okay. You can read this afternoon. Throne in the lion's den. It was kept alive by God. Darius pulls him out and then says, I issue a decree. He wrote to all the peoples, nations, and languages that dwell in all the earth. I issue a decree that in every part of my kingdom, people must fear and reverence the God of Daniel. It's in all the stories, friends. Jonah went to ISIS. Nineveh was a wretched place, friends. That's the reason that, that Jonah didn't want to go there, because he knew that God would have mercy. Would you go to northern Iraq if the plane was outside, right? And you knew that ISIS would repent. You might run the other direction. That's what Jonah did, because God loves Muslims. He loves them. If there's a billion Muslims on the planet, he must love them a lot. Amen? There's over a billion Muslims on the planet. He loves Muslims and he loves ISIS. And, and those two are not, should not be synonymous in your mind. There are some crazy radical people, but you know what we're called to do with crazy, crazy radical enemies? Love them and pray for them. Love your enemies. Pray for those who persecute you. You want to wake up your prayer meeting? Start praying for ISIS and look at people's reactions. Right? Who else is praying for ISIS? Who else is praying for ISIS? We need to be friends. God wants to see ISIS repent and turn to Jesus. Amen? And if your heart's not there yet, that's okay. It took Jonah a while too. Hopefully you won't have to be swallowed by a fish to change your heart. Right? Okay, let's get to the New Testament so at least we can say we did. <laughs> The angels come on the scene. Fear not. The angel says to the shepherds, I bring you good news of great joy that will be for America. No, that's not what the angel said. I bring you great news. I will bring you good news of great joy that will be for all peoples. Right? Jesus' birthday party. Think about it. When Jesus was born, this is so beautiful. Jesus at his first birthday party, when he's born in the manger, right? and put in the manger in the stable. He, he has the rich, the wise men, right? And the poor, the shepherds. The forgotten and, and the seemingly very important. And he's got people that look like him, the Jewish shepherds, and he's got people that look radically different than him. The birth of Jesus. Jesus wanted to declare from the angels and at his first birthday party when he was born, he wanted to let us know, this is who I came for. The entire spectrum of the world. Beautiful, isn't it? And he wants us to have that same heart, friends. Not in little ways, but to give our lives to it. John the Baptist sees Jesus for the first time. He says, behold the Lamb of God. So when he was born and when he starts his ministry, behold the Lamb of God who takes away the sins of the world. Let's just, just get to, I, I know um, all over the place, we see Jesus interacting with the internationals. And it was never for just one, amen? Man, talk about a strategic opportunity. Have you heard of Thanksgiving? We celebrate it every year. You know it's around because pumpkin everywhere is, is, is pumpkin everything is being sold, right? Like some of you have pumpkin underwear on right now, for crying out loud. You're like, is that okay that he said that? It's okay, friends. We're family. Um, has anybody seen folks in Iowa City that don't look like them? They're called international students. 
And by the way, you're an international to Jesus if you think this is somehow, you know, degrading to internationals. It's not because unless you're Jewish, you're welcome if you are. But if you're not Jewish, you're international to Jesus. So welcome to the club. God has blessed this city with international students. Thanksgiving is around the corner. And, and back in Austin, for example, a Saudi friend, a, a gal from Saudi Arabia called my wife and said, hey, I've got two new friends. It's their first time in the United States. Could, could, could we come over to your house for Thanksgiving? Uh, no, we're actually busy. Sorry about that. Um, I've got some friends that I might be able to hook you up with. Friends, there are internationals in Iowa City, and they want to experience Thanksgiving. They're like, how would I meet the world, Andy? You're going to hear more about this tonight. Here's a simple way. They've got to sign up right out there. You have a home, and you celebrate Thanksgiving. And you bring them into your house. You don't have to be an expert at anything. You just ask questions, learn about their culture. They're going to ask about you. And all of a sudden, you get to share about the best thing in your entire life. His name's Jesus. It's coming, and all you have to do is sign up. Could it get any easier for crying out loud, right? Yeah, yeah, all you have to do is sign up. And, and the world steps into your world. It's an easy one. We, we should crush the list, church. There should be no more international students because I've heard of international students sitting in this city in Thanksgiving in their dorm rooms wondering what they should be doing. They're sitting in their dorm rooms. This isn't to make us feel guilty. It's just to say, man, there is an opportunity. Forget what's behind and look forward to what's ahead, which is Thanksgiving. You want to spice up the family dynamic? Bring a Muslim in there. It'll be awesome. That'll get Uncle Jack talking. You might want to keep him in the other room. <sighs> right? Don't serve ham, okay? So we can, we can walk through some of those culturally sensitive things. I'm not trying to make fun. It's just the realities that you should probably know beforehand. So anyways, Jesus loves internationals. We should too. Uh, Doug preached on this verse, Fern preached on this verse last week. I'm not going to talk about it other than the fact that this verse doesn't have any asterisks. It's for us all. Amen. It didn't say recent college graduates and college students go therefore and make disciples. It didn't say pastors and, and gifted people who stand up in front of others. It didn't say full-time missionaries. You go and make disciples. It just says go therefore and make disciples of all nations, of all the peoples of the earth. And today, friends, Today, that's not the reality. There's over 6,500 people groups without a, a, a vibrant church among them to tell them the good news of Jesus. And God wants to use us, all of us, to, to, to change that. Let's look at where we're going real quick. We'll skip all that, skip all that, skip all that. Here we'll, we'll land the plane because I think we're supposed to. It's time to land it, right? Okay, yeah. They're like, yeah, Here's where it's going, guys. Here's where it's all going. All of history is going to this part where we sing with Jesus. We sing, worthy are you to take the scroll and open its seals. For you, Jesus, were slain. Who did Jesus die for? For by your blood, Jesus, you ransomed people for God from every tribe and language and people and nation. Friends, you don't want to be standing around the throne as, as kind of a fair weather fan. Amen? 
Think about all the Cubs fans that really didn't give their lives to the Cubs. And they're rejoicing, but not like the real fans, amen? I know you're sick of it. I am too. I, don't even, I, didn't, I, I didn't even know the Cubs were in the World Series, okay? Tells you how much I care. You don't want to be a Fairweather fan, though. You want to be the fan of Jesus who gave your life to his global purposes so that forever you could rejoice and enjoy and worship more of God because you got to say, I gave all of my life to his global purposes. I knew this is where it was heading. In my life, my job, my roommates, all of it I gave to his worship. And when we do that here, friends, not because we'll do it perfectly, but when we gather some people to do that here and now, our enjoyment of God in heaven forever will be greater. May that joy, that invitation to greater joy for all eternity and on this earth be our motivation. Amen? Let's pray. God, your word really clearly says wisdom is proved right by her actions. Matthew eleven nineteen. And we don't want to be a people that just receives a word from you, that just receives conviction and, and then doesn't change. Um, and I can't do that, God. You, your spirit, your word are the only things that can, can change a person in their direction or their desires or their affections or their pocketbooks, their hearts ultimately. That's what you want. You don't want us to do a bunch of things in vain. You want our hearts, God. You want more of our hearts. And you want us not to just enjoy you, but you want the people's hearts around us, and then you want the globe's hearts. Lord, thank you that we are heading towards that moment where you win. You have won on the cross, and we will celebrate that win for all of eternity. It will look like what happened in Chicago with those five men. It will make that look so small, God. And we will enjoy you forever and ever and ever and ever. It won't be boring, God. It won't get old. So God, help us during this brief little blimp of a life here on this earth. Help us to get together with some people and give our lives towards your purposes and ultimately towards you. We need you to do that, God. We need you to change our hearts. Thank you for listening to this message from Parkview Church in Iowa City, Iowa. Parkview's mission is to love God, love others, and serve the world. If you live in the Iowa City area, we invite you to join us in person for services every weekend. You can get service times and directions, download messages, and get news and information about Parkview Church by visiting www.parkviewchurch.org. You can also contact us by phone at 319-354-5580 or write to us at Parkview Church, 15 Foster Road, Iowa City, Iowa, 52245.